Hello, hello my friends, my family, my community, my tribe. Welcome to the Hippie Moms Podcast. Welcome back my friends, I'm so glad you're here. I'm always so glad you're here. I mean, there is an infinite amount of podcasts. Well, maybe not infinite, but you can go on into the rabbit hole of what you choose to listen to. And the fact that you're sitting there listening to my voice, plugging into the energy that we as a community are creating is absolutely magical. And I just feel so grateful that we can sit around and talk about the things that matter to us. And what I've realized in this journey of bringing my heart, my experiences, the things that I've learned is that so much when we go and seek, we actually are looking for the, the truth, but we don't know that. We, we, we kind of needlessly search for these things, these, I mean, you can say hacks, better ways of eating, better ways of living, how to be happy. We're looking for almost this, um, this magical piece of information of something that is going to be the catalyst that tips us into the life that we want. And what is it that we want? Well, we can say we want happiness. We want to feel creative. We want to, you know, we want our kids to be healthy. We want to be healthy. We want to live in a way that's in alignment. And what I've discovered, what we truly want is that we want to live with an open heart an open heart. And what does that mean? Living with an open heart means you're the person dancing like nobody's watching. You are so fully embodied in who you are that nothing can, nothing can unanchor you. You're so anchored. You're so plugged in because you trust yourself. You know that everything in life as all of your experiences, all of the things that have always happened, that has happened in the past, that is going to happen, is in your honor. And the thing is, is that I would say 99.9999% of us are not living like that. <laughs> we aren't living like that. Now, we try to get there in different ways, right? And and, and that's where we become, um, where we use other types of substances, right? We drink alcohol. Maybe we use cannabis. Maybe we use psychedelics. Now I'm not, I, I'm not shaming or saying that any of these things are wrong. I'm just saying that whenever we don't feel like an open heart and our heart is closed in order to take down some of those inhibitions, sometimes we feel that we need a little help. And maybe we do have a couple drinks like, right? Like with liquid courage, you see a cute guy across the bar. I know I did this in the college and I down two shots of tequila and then I'd muster up the, the courage to go see, you know, go talk to him. But the beautiful thing is, (laughs) is that it's not alcohol that we need. It's not anything that we need. We are innately that which we long for, which we really want to step into. We are already that. What we are up against are the beliefs that we're not. All the beliefs that we have created out of our innocence. And this is what um, we've really been dialing in and talking about, um, is, is this idea 
that if you can even imagine, ever imagine, that you are exactly the way you're supposed to be, that nothing's wrong with you, all the things you carry, all the things that we put on our shoulders, right? All the things that create shame and fear and all the things, we are actually perfect in those moments. And when we can be compassionate for our own human experience, we can be compassionate for others. And we, and we begin to realize with enough space, my friends, this is why I'm always, 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 you will always hear me leading you towards the truth that if we want to change anything, we must create the space for change to happen. And the space is, is is first it begins in our mind. The space begins in our mind, and then it's and then it trickles into the way that we speak. We take pause before we react or respond. We take pause before we take a certain action, um, and we start to slow down. I, I don't know about you, but the, I the the disease of of rushing is is. It's something that you can't get rid of very easily because what happens is, and especially as mothers, right? We have all these tasks at hand when we wake up from the morning to when we go to bed at night, there's nothing that ever ends. I mean, right when we do the laundry and everything's put away, (laughs) there's dirty socks on the floor, you know, we clean up the dishes. There's going to be dishes there. And, and the errands and the food and all the things that are going that are required in life to keep the house running. And what happens is we get so overwhelmed by these things, but the thing is we're not overwhelmed by the things, we're overwhelmed by the thinking of the things. We're overwhelmed by the relentless mind that keeps us in that spin. And so... My journey really started out as I will be happy when I am fully healthy. And in my mind, what fully healthy meant was actually tied into vanity. Um, in the beginning of my motherhood, I lived in Scottsdale, the, the place where everyone's beautiful. <laughs> you know, everyone has, it's, 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 an, it's an energy that you have to go to see him. You can see, feel that in LA and these big places where you go and there it's, it's a lot of keeping up, keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with, um, a certain expectation that there is, it's a quiet and invisible expectation that seeps through our lives. And health to me was matching that vanity. It was like for me to be perfect in a way. And and what's so beautiful with that experience and that belief is that that the whole unraveling of that helped me see really what true healing was, what beauty is. And, and we have to know what we are not in order to know what we are. And I do believe as, as women, as, as a, as even a race of humanity, you know, we get to a certain age eventually where we begin to wake up. We begin to realize that all the things we think are important, the people that we want to please, um, the things that we think we need to do are actually not important and not in alignment with our hearts. And that's why I think midlife crises really are, it, it's a thing. It's a thing. And 
And I think that they kind of get boxed in. I think we can have many in our lives where we come to this point, and I, I come to this point a lot, my friends, and I want to be really honest. I come to the point where I feel like life is unraveling. And what I've realized is it's, it's unraveling in our honor. It, if we call to something with our attention, with our focus, there's just no way that that can't come. It just can't. But in order for that to come, things have to shift because obviously we want things to change in our lives. Well, then things have to change and, and it's hard for things to change. It's hard not to attach to how we think things should be. And if we can maintain a sense of knowing that when things unravel, when things feel really hard, when our kids are sick or they're struggling or when we're sick, when we're struggling, you know, when we're in pain emotionally, physically, or even spiritually, there's an unraveling that has to happen. And it's so important to remember that nothing will ever stay the same. And this, there's so many paradoxes in life, if you haven't noticed, where that's what we want. We attach to having things a certain way when really we know in our minds and our hearts that nothing is going to stay the same. And in the knowing that nothing stays the same becomes a very sense of, of, of fragility of life, of sacredness. And we know this, we touch in on this when, when people leave our lives, when we lose, when people transition, when they leave their physical bodies, um, our animals, uh, when when we when we go move through divorces or the ends of relationships and friendships, you know we we move through these deep moments um, that are inevitable in the human condition. And when these things happen, we can touch on the sacredness of life and how things can truly change in an instant. And I think that's so much for us to really bear if you think about it. I mean, when you lose someone, I know when I've lost people in my life, I really start to not only grieve what has been lost, but I also see that which is still alive. And in that sacredness, there's this deep love and this openness, right? Our hearts open. It's like the walls come down. Um, in these times and then and then we kind of get back to our robotic stage how we operate don't do this do this that's supposed to be like this Um, and then and then we lose all the sacredness right we lose all of that um, and because it's a lot to hold it's a lot to look at and when we live with an open heart there is this infinite bounty of love that's waiting to be received by our hearts and in that also to a bounty an infinite amount of love that is ready to be poured out of our hearts but what happens is we build heart walls and um, there's many people that talk about heart walls but it's it's basically where we we stop ourselves from expressing ourselves fully, which is, which is part of our kind of our unique code, our unique way of expression that nobody has. Nobody has the codes you have. Nobody has the way of expression. Nobody has the sound of your voice. Nobody has the exact face that you have. 
it's, it's, which is so kind of crazy. Another paradox is how much we compare ourselves. Like we are incomparable yet we do that all the time. Right. And comparing is another, is another symptom of a heart wall. Heart walls are created because when we come in as babies in beautiful, innocent, open hearts, we're shown quite quickly how to close our hearts, aren't we? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not our fault. It's not our parents' fault. Cause if we blamed our parents, we'd have to blame their parents and their parents and their parents and their parents and their parents. And there's no end to it. You know, it is, it's this deepening our understanding that how we are is not our fault and how our parents are, aren't their faults. And so when we really get that, we really get that, that everyone literally is shown when they are little how to be. And they're shown by people that were shown when they were little how to be, by people that were shown when they were little, right? So it, 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 you can go back into the beginning of time and it's, you're never going to really, really... <laughs> understand at least the mind will never of why anything is now we can come into this moment and we can see that we close our hearts i mean i do i do i close that heart i'm in the in the transformation of opening my heart i've had a, an intention of it and i'm doing a lot of deep work to open my heart because how does it feel when you're around someone that has an open heart? You know, someone that can just hold space, someone that just is so anchored. Have you ever met someone like that? That's so anchored in who they are. It's almost like it is absolutely contagious in a good way. Like it ripples into your consciousness and it shows you like, wow, you know, these, these are some of the greatest beings ever walked the earth. This is how I believe, you know, Jesus to be and Buddha. Um, and you know, these, these incredible people that have come and that's what they have. They have an open heart and it's so open and so in coherence that it heals people around them. It heals people because it's, it, it's tangible. You can feel it. And so the first thing in order to open our heart is we must realize how we keep our hearts closed, how we don't give or receive love. Now as mothers, hello moms, let me tell you, a lot of times we can give love. We can give it in ways that are, you know, that, that we give, 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 and then we have a hard time receiving. We have a hard time receiving, right? I mean, I, I know it can be really hard as a mother because we kind of take the burden of being a mother on our shoulders and we don't have a lot of space to receive something new. And so what it requires of us is it requires us to kind of put down the things that we think we're holding when really you're not holding anything. Whatever you think you're holding, you're not holding it. Your, your mind is attached to the past. Your mind is attached to something that happened in the past and is bringing it into every single moment, right? Every single moment, we're bringing all of our baggage in and we're just lugging it along with us. Now, you can imagine on the physical level what that does to the body. Just imagine, because everything starts in the energetic field. We know, 
we know that nothing is solid. Okay, science, Einstein has proven to us that nothing is solid, that everything is energy, that we are vibrations, we are spirals of light. And the human eyes have a, cannot see the truth. They are extremely limited in what they see. There's so much more that exists beyond what our eyes can see. But the thing is, we've boxed ourselves in. We've boxed ourselves in. We're no magic, no, nothing new, nothing beautiful, nothing miraculous can happen because all we're doing is focusing on how things, how we think things should be. Things are solid. This is how it is. Uh, you know, and it, 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 it can turn us into a victim when really our freedom is right there. It's so close. It's almost comical, but it feels so far away because we've lived every life, all, all of life, mostly. And when we started to pick up those, those, those heavy baggages, those beliefs, those traumas, those things, and I'm not discounting our experiences as life, okay, in our lives. Like, I'm not discounting any of that. In fact, it's an honoring to those experiences to say, you know what? I'm taking from these experiences the gifts because there will always be a gift in every single experience, every single experience. And not always those gifts are revealed to us. Not always. But if we can really look back at our lives and see how the things that we thought shouldn't happen led to some of the most amazing things that did happen. And so what I'm really always going to allude to in these podcasts is that the only way for us to get out of our own way Stop self-sabotaging ourselves, open our hearts, embody, fully embody the power of who we are, anchor within ourselves. We must place our focus into something new because the mind will always be a very, very convincing story, convincing narrative because it is based and rooted in fear. And, and, and there's a part of us, of course, our survival that, that wants to make sure that we're safe. But as you know, we live in a new time, my friends, we live in, in a time where, where that constant stress, that constant focus on fear no longer serves us. In fact, it's killing us. I really believe that stress and fear, which are synonymous in a lot of ways, are the cause of our health. I'm not saying that the pharmaceutical company, the agriculture company, all these people aren't responsible for it. They're just symptoms of it. They're symptoms that we believe that there's something else out there that's going to fix us. And the, and the innate belief that we need to be fixed is, is always going to be in discord. It's always going to be in discord. It's always because it's not in alignment with who we are. It's not in alignment with who we are. Who we are is already perfect. Who we are is we don't need to be anything more than what we are. But the belief that we do keeps us continuing the spin in fear and illusion. And it 
ripples into our relationships with our children, our relationship with our spouses, our families, our communities, and our world. You can see where our world is. Our world is confused. It's confused. It's, it's stressed out. It's fearful. And who, and, and you can see why these conglomerates, you know, those with the powers that be want to keep us in fear because we're not in our power in fear. We will do anything that anyone tells us when we're afraid because, because we're not operating from the, con- from, the, from the true consciousness. We're operating from the patterns and these beliefs and programs that are not in alignment with who we are. So if we want to have an open heart, we have to begin to feel safe to have an open heart. Because we don't feel safe, we close. Just like when, if someone comes up and they're like, hey, you know what? I don't like the way you did that. Or I didn't like that. Or, you know, whatever. You and your husband get in in an argument. What's the first thing we do? We shut down. We close up. We get defensive. What is that doing for us? That we're just closing our heart. We're saying, nope, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give you love. I'm not going to receive your love. I'm not going to receive anything that you said because you're wrong and I'm right. And, and, and then we just, and then we have a standoff, right? You guys, I do not like sharing this cause it's really embarrassing. And I have a lot of, um, you know, just carry a lot of guilt around how my relationship and what I've done. But like my husband and I would have gone at some points days without talking over something so freaking stupid, so stupid, right? It, it, it was not even worthy of that of that argument, of that withholding love. It wasn't even worthy of that, but it happened because we were so protective of ourselves when the freedom lies in leaning in and loving a little more right there, not only ourselves, but the other people. We're human. Humans are messy. We're quirky. We are, we are unique. None of us, I mean, and we all, We all see life from a single perspective. There's 7 billion perspectives out there and we're trying or wanting or believing that other people should share our perspective. They should see the things that, that we see, but we can never see that. We all have put filters and, 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 and veils over our, of what we see life through, through all the experiences, all the stuff we carry. It comes full circle. We have to be willing to put it down. We have to be willing to come empty. And that's, that is really where we're going to start really creating an avenue for us women to get on this bandwagon. Because here's the thing, my friends, you can get all the hacks in the world. They're great. I love hacks. And we're going to get back to that. Okay. But here's the problem. We think that the hacks are going to be the answer. Great, we get them. But the thing is, we're still in stress. They might even add more time to our lives than not. Most of my my like really amazing hacks that I found in life actually don't really save me time. <laughs> they actually create more. But here's the thing. Nobody's going to want to create anything new unless you have the mindset to do it. And the mindset is focus. Are you willing to focus on something new? 
Are you willing to master your mind so much that you become the conscious creator you're here to be? Now, some of you might be like, I have no idea what this woman is talking about. Some of you might be like, oh, your hearts are singing like, yes, yes. And there's something like, you know, maybe that's okay. Wherever you are, it doesn't matter. Whatever you ever hear. And I, I want you to take this from today. Just play with this. Contemplate this idea that everything you see and hear and experience is all in your honor. It's all for you and to serve you in your awakening to the power that you are. Here's the thing. When I came on in in this, I don't know, when Hippie Moms was created, I had really big ideas for Hippie Moms and what it was going to be and how it was going to be. And, you know, it it's completely shifted because when anything's created on something that's not the truth, it will always, it will always have issues. <laughs> it will, it, it will be hard to create. But if something is being created with the pure intention of love, which that's what we're infusing now into this and all of anything that's being created through me and through this community is the one focus is liberating our mothers, is reminding them of the power that they hold, of the beauty and the infinite and bounty of love that exists within them and is ready for, to be received by them. And the only way we can truly begin to change our mindsets is to do something different. We have to do something different. We have to create a way, a, a, a pathway to, to change our lives. And what we're always up against, what's always going to be there is the old programs that are going to want to take us back into the spin and the same patterns and the same things that come into our relationships. It's going to begin to be our biggest challenge. It's always going to be. It's always going to be. So we have to do is we have to be willing to know that and give ourselves grace and compassion for when we forget and when we go back into it. Because if you're here and you really have that like desire, that deep desire for your life to change, and you know that you cannot change it in the external, you can make big decisions, but most likely you're not going to make the big decisions because most likely you are comfortable in your discomfort. You're, you'd rather stay and suffer than do something that's going to rock the boat and require a whole other level of discomfort. So instead, we just stay in our little, that like low-grade anxiety, um, fight or flight, um, busy, busy, busy state. Because you know what? It takes a lot of courage to go and dive into yourself. It really does. It takes a lot of courage to be willing to say, okay, mind, all right, let's really look at the beliefs. Because until we do that, we're not going to know what we're really working with. You really, until you really find space to say, okay, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to, I'm going to breathe. And then the mind takes you away. And maybe the whole five minutes that you plan to meditate as is done in thinking, that's okay. What does that show you? There's your evidence. There's even more evidence. Most people are going to be like, mm, I just can't do this. My mind's not made for that. No, 
That's the exact opposite. You're being shown. You are literally being shown of why it's so important. But most people are just going to walk away and never come and sit down again. So it takes someone that's, that's willing, that's willing to suck at something, right? How many people do you know that actually do things that they're, they know they're not good at, <laughs> but they keep showing up and doing it? It's so admirable. It's so beautiful. You know, my, um, my eldest son, um, you know, he, he, he's a lot like his dad. I mean, they're just any kind of sport or anything that, that you, that is, is there, they excel at. I remember the first time, I'm going to get back to my son, but one of the first times Scott and I began dating and he came out to my, um, we had a, uh, we went to the lake with my parents and we spent some time there. We went and shot these, uh, I don't know, the discs, you know, you throw them up. I don't know all the right terms, but we shot them and man, I, I couldn't get any. He got every single one. And my dad and brother were like, wow, man, do you shoot a lot? He's like, no, that was like maybe a couple of times before. I was like, oh my gosh, that's like, that's like my, my eldest in sports and athletic. But, but when it comes to something he's not good at, like for example, roller skating, you know, he didn't just hit it off the park. It takes something to do that. He was unwilling to do it. It, it, you know, he's unwilling, which is fine. It's okay. It's okay if we don't want to do it. But there's so much joy in roller skating. There's so much joy in it. Oh my gosh. Can we have a hippie mom's roller skating party? <laughs> that would be so amazing. Eventually, we will have all these beautiful things. I, I promise. I just know they're coming. I know there will be a time where we're all linked together. And, and in the meantime, we stay energetically connected. And we do the things that we're not good at. Things that get us out of our comfort zone. It's one of the most powerful things that we can do because when we get ourselves out of our comfort zone and we do something new, magic happens. Every time, just like my my beautiful friend and sister Angela says, courage is rewarded 100% of the time. 100% of the time when you go beyond where you think you would stop, there's there's going to be something so beautiful on the other side. And this is what we're bringing back to the open heart. We're going to talk about as we, as before we end the podcast, we're going to talk about how can we open our heart? What are some really simple, simple ways to open our heart? Okay. Now we're going to talk on the physical level. Okay. We're going to talk on the physical level, and then we're going to really talk about the energetic level. But I think it's good to ground this because I don't know about you, but when I have been going through my heart opening transformation, I have literally felt like flutters of the heart, like pains and things around my heart, like actual walls coming down. (laughs) It is so weird and so beautiful, but I know that nothing's wrong. I know that it's things are opening. And so on the physical realm, what we have to realize is how we hold our shoulders our posture tells a lot about the heart walls. Now, have you ever hugged someone and it feels like you're hugging a brick wall? Oh my goodness. I have someone that I love very deeply that's in our family. And every time I hug him, it feels like I am hugging a hard tree, but without the energetic field of the tree. <laughs> I and, and, and in that moment, what I could do is, is kind of stiffen too, or, or stop hugging him. But what I've realized is I hug more and I hold just a little bit longer. And, 
and his shoulders are are closed they're bent forward and he kind of walks you know with a little a curved spine his chin's tucked in his his neck is forward uh beyond his chest and his head hangs you know like it's the first thing that moves forward so a really big thing that we can become aware of is how are we holding ourselves how are we holding ourselves up our shoulders should be relaxed our shoulder blades squeezed in just a little bit and our lower belly in this is why i love yoga so much you guys oh my gosh don't get me started in yoga but yoga is such a healing modality for the body because it really helps align the structure of the body in a way that honors your body right because we all have different beautiful bodies we're all perfect in, in our design just the way we are and so when we structurally open our hearts we're opening the hearts, little baby back bends, little openings. I love to open my arms out wide and stick my chest open and look up and bring my belly in. Every morning I do this with my arms open and just feel the heart open. And you can see, how, feel how vulnerable it feels too. If you do these things and you feel like almost like a little fear, you can, that is showing you the physical manifestation of the heart wall. Okay. So, um, Yoga is wonderful to help on the physical dimension, uh, back bends, um, just really starting to open the heart, open the shoulders. Um, so that's a really simple thing that we can start doing is being aware of the structure of our body and, and, and a long spine. Make sure your spine really long. And I love to find little things when I'm sitting at my desk, when I'm driving in the car, even when I'm in the kitchen. I notice my body subconsciously because subconsciously does some really weird things <laughs> like like my chin sticks out you know my my belly isn't in my I have an arch in my back and I, you can see when you become more aware of the body why why we're in so much pain and so we just begin to start to open that knowing and it's a seedling we're planting a seed here being open open your heart what does that even mean to you you don't even have to listen to anything i'm saying but just on a physical level what does that feel like now we're going to talk a little bit about the energetic level because here's the thing if we remember that we're always energy we're vibrating swirls of atoms and and i mean you can really really if you just contemplate on the fact that everything's a hologram i mean your mind just be blown and sometimes people can't even do that because it's it's so out of the program of tr of what is they believe is true but it actually is true you have to really get on board with that that everything starts in the energetic field. Everything starts in the energetic field and the intelligence, right? Our intelligence, we're co-creating with other people's intelligence and the intelligence of the universe, which actually runs the whole thing. We're working with these dimensions. And so whenever we call to something, whenever we say something like, I call to have an open heart, I call to my open heart, I, I, want, I, I live with an open heart, what we begin to do, even with that intention, if we're willing to create the space to hear and notice what comes back in that call. This is what's the most important thing, my friends, is a lot of times if you've ever been to like a manifesting workshop or something where you're like, okay, I'm going to create all these things and do these things. And then, and then you kind of forget about it. And then years later you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, um, we had a retreat in 2019, right before the big C, and it was in Flagstaff. And we had a beautiful group of women. It was so amazing. And one of the women there 
said that her intention was to be attracted to her husband again. She just didn't see how that was going to happen. She really didn't. She did not see how it was going to happen. And so that was, that was a call to that. Two years later, give the universe time, give God time, give, give the intelligence of the third dimensional world time to bring you what you want. The problem is we're in this instant gratification. Two years later, she calls me and she says, you know what, Becky? I just realized the other day how attracted I am to my husband. He has completely transformed. And I remember that's what I asked for at your retreat. I can't even believe it. I can't believe it. Thank you. And I'm like, I'm like, what? I mean, that is amazing. That's amazing. Now, what if you call to that and you call to that every day and you opened yourself to what it would be? Now, she had no idea how it was going to happen. She had no idea. We're not going to know. And it's usually always going to come and look exactly different, is it not? This is why I really believe that our intentions are so powerful, yet we just kind of leave them. We just, we don't get evidence right away. So we're like, eh, it's not working. So we just going to give up. No, 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 no. We don't, we don't not focus on this. But that's, that's the one thing that we have, that we truly have, my friends. The one thing that we actually have. Everything else is not ours. Everything else will be turned back to dust. The one thing that we have complete control over is what we focus upon. And if what we want is an open heart and to live with an open heart, what does that look like? You know what that looks like to me? Now we're going to come on to what is that as an experience, as an open heart, right? It's when your kids come home and they're really grumpy from school and they're just saying things that aren't very nice. And instead of shutting down or yelling or being rude and giving them right back what they served up, you hold space and you love them through that. You love them despite it. And this really, what we're talking about is unconditional love. And many of us have never even experienced that. It's a very rare, a very rare quality. I think that's why we love our grandmothers so much because our grandmothers are so wise and most of them, okay, not all, but for the most part, the kind of archetype of the grandmother is, is, is kind, is loving, is fierce, is like, she's going to love you no matter what. She's going to love you if you spilt your orange juice on the, on the piano. She's going to love you anyway. She might not like it, but she's going to love you anyway. She's not going to hold it against you. And, and, and that is what is, can we love people through it? That is an experience. Do you know how powerful that is? Do you know what that does to you and your children? Instead of closing down and, and, and withdrawing our love, we give them even more. What about the conversation with your spouse or your partner? where you are at odds and you, instead of going back into the same patterns, instead of responding or replying as you always would or reacting, you hold space and you move from your heart and you, and you speak from your heart with love. That is so much more powerful. I know the big difference in that. Let me, I, I, it's a big one because I have always dealt with the issue of saying things that should stay in my mind. (laughs) You know what I mean? That should, oh, I wish I didn't say that. Oh, foot in my mouth. Oh, but you just get so angry and you're so riled up and you just want to go, rawr. 
where that roar can be released in, in, in a way that is, that is so much more effective and efficient <laughs> and actually calling to us, right? What we want. Now, there's nothing wrong with how we've ever responded. There's no way we could have ever done anything different because we didn't. There's, so we must realize that what we are working with is the human condition and patterns and habits, and we must give ourselves compassion, right? And then begin to step into that open heart. An open heart to me, the experience is dancing like nobody's watching, grabbing a microphone and singing, you know, playing tag with your kids. It's, it's a playfulness. It's an openness. You're not carrying the weight of the world. You're not still stuck five years ago for when that thing happened that that has wrecked your life. That's We now see the gifts and the shifts and the changes and the things that had to happen because of that, which now made us who we are today. And thank God for that. Because it wasn't going to be any other way. You know, we I could go talk forever about living with an open heart. But there's no way for you to experience it without you experiencing it. And as mothers, I don't think there's anything more important than to open our hearts because one open heart in a family is the light that opens all the other hearts around you. There's nothing you have to do to open people's hearts. You don't need to tell people to open their hearts because really that doesn't work. They just close it, right? We have the power within us to be a ripple effect in in our world. And that is going to either be a ripple effect of stress and fear and negativity, which it's okay. You were taught that. You were shown that. And it feels so bad because it's not in alignment with the truth. Our open heart, our playfulness, our full embodiment of our power anchored in who we are, that's the truth. And that's what we're all trying to get to. Whether we try to get it through diets or we try to get it through relationships or we try to get it through our kids, nothing is ever going to bring us to ourselves but ourselves. And I'm here to express this because this is my direct experience with life through my own journey. And it's so important that you know that you are worthy of that, that you are so worthy of being embodied and fully anchored in yourself and that you can trust yourself. And there's going to be steps that you're going to be asked to take. Are you willing to take the steps? And some of you might not be ready, and that's okay. You don't have to. There will always be a time. There will always be a time. But there's some of you that are ready. (laughs) They are ready to take those steps. And so be conscientious. When you're ready and you declare that you're ready for an open heart, magic will happen. And I don't mean dark magic. You know, a lot of people think, you know, it's woo-woo, this mystical. No, this is our birthright. We are energy. We only see 0.000374% of what actually exists. How can you ever think that this is it? So we have to open it. When we open our heart, our minds open too. And then we begin to actually see what exists. You can sense it. You can feel it. So declare to yourself, repeat after me. I open my heart to the truth 
that I am. I open my heart to love, to the bounty and infinite light that exists, to pour through me and into me with no blocks, nothing that keeps me away from the truth. I am free to love and be loved. So be it. So be it. All right, my friends, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here, just being the light that you are. I feel you, I see you, and I just want you to know that you're not alone. And there will be steps that will be offered, and you can take them or not, but regardless, I am just so glad you are here. All right, my friends, open your hearts. Be willing to receive what the open heart brings as well. All right, I'll catch you on the next Hippie Moles podcast. Bye, my friends.